Hello, hello, hello. Um, hope I'm coming through to you guys okay over here. Um, <clears throat> and hello, yeah. Uh, my name is Nicholas Clore, uh, and welcome to the, the next semester of uh, Jazz of the World. Um, thank you all for tuning in. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about this semester. I've been thinking a lot about the entire, over the break, about what I wanted to play, how I wanted to explore and approach this semester. Um, and what a, what a good usage of, of time would be. Um, so this is going to be a, a little bit of a different episode uh, where I'm going to basically go through each each week effectively because um, I've planned out all of my weeks for this semester. And I'm going to play one song that I, I think really kind of gives you a good context of, of what that week is going to be. Um, and before we get into that, I just want to say jazz of the world, maybe you're listening for the first time maybe you're not um, you've listened before but you need a refresher um i i got into jazz personally uh a couple years ago through my high school pretty much mainly through my senior year of high school um i played drums for a while but in uh senior year my high school's band uh, was without a trumpet player uh and so i had to pick up the trumpet um and it was in that moment you know all throughout that year of high school i, I really really fell in love with jazz um and i'm part of the jazz band here at kenyon um but in my own listening personally i feel like you know whatever algorithm that is used to record and uh give out you know our, our music i feel like personally i've just been listening to the same you know pretty much mostly american artists of jazz and not to say that they're bad um you know they're a reason that they're the most popular they're the most recommended um but i know how much more there is and, and i i recognize throughout the whole of last semesters how important um different cultures own twists on jazz um whether that's instrumentation rhythm whatever it may be uh that's how it is and, and the all these unique results that stem from it and i also think this semester i might be a little bit more liberal <laughs> with my uh usage of the term jazz uh i i think it would be really fun to get into some funk um some soul but you know jazz fusion whatever it may be uh but also a lot of it will remain the same and also before i i do get into the music side of it, I wanted to take a second to acknowledge the, the classes that I was taking, that I'm taking this semester. Um, and you might be thinking, what, what, what classes are you taking that could have, you know, an influence on this show? Uh, and believe it or not, um, I'm finding now almost one, pretty much one main class, uh, but two classes that are kind of having a big influence on, on the way that I'm thinking about and perceiving it. And so the big one, um, is Professor Murphy's uh, Jazz Age of Japan class. Professor Murphy was on the show last semester. Uh, it was a little bit of a teaser. <laughs> I feel like I've listened to some of the songs we've talked about in class already uh, with him. Um, and so much, it, it's really, really interesting what he's doing. Um, and I'm I'm having to rethink so much of, of the way that I'm thinking about how jazz has spread culturally, um, whether that's through like, I personally thought it was through Americanization and and kind of this Westernization, um, almost this jazz imperialism, and that is a large, large part of it. But I never stopped to think about all the the cruise line ships, um, which actually play a big, large role in uh, spreading jazz across the world. Um, you know, there were basically all these ships, uh, you know, all throughout the interwar period, maybe even a little bit before World War One. That were mostly populated by Filipino jazz musicians that brought jazz around the world, mostly to um, Asia. Um, and so much of jazz study is kind of based in this idea of the U.S. is the birthplace of jazz. The U.S. is the reason that jazz is so popular. And again, you know, it is kind of born from this American cult of cult, this American like conglomeration of, of musical, you know, ideas and. You know, some people say, you know, jazz, jazz is formed in America, you know, the melting pot of the world um, because of all of these different people coming together. But um, there's a lot more going on and there's a lot more like intercultural interplay going on here. Uh, and it's not just American. So that's that's really the uh, in like two minutes. That's the abstract of my show. That's why I want to do this. Um, and yeah, you know. There's so much going on. Um, jazz is a lot of fun to listen to. And 
I think personally it plays a large role in in specific countries um, or in musical like ideas. Um, you know, I think I did an episode in um, last semester on on you know say South Africa. Uh, you know how much of a large role that um, jazz played. You know, in the protest against apartheid and um, you know. I, I just think it's really interesting. Jazz, you know, is kind of toted as this free music form, um, but um, it's also being used to kind of westernize, and it's used as a, te- te- uh, a kind of a, a way uh, to spread imperialism. Um, so, yeah, that's basically the gist. Uh, and so this semester, how I'm going to approach this semester, um, I thought the episode that we did last semester so the second ever episode on this show uh, of soviet union era jazz was really really interesting um because there's well there's so much funk going on there that you just wouldn't expect um so the soviet union had a really you know interesting relationship with jazz every couple of years it was you know banned then encouraged by the government and then banned um but I want to take a look at um, the outer Soviet Union countries. So I'm going to take a look at three countries for the next three weeks um, that were, you know, very much part of the Soviet Union, um, but who also had a lot of access to jazz because of the Voice of America show that was broadcast. So the first week, uh, we're going to look at Turkmenistan, then we're going to look at Kazakhstan, uh, and then we are going to look at Uzbekistan. And um, it's going to be kind of this three-week, we're going to do this in three-week three, three week little branches, little arcs. Um, and yeah, um, I think I'm just going to get into it, play the first song. I feel like I've been talking for quite a while now. Um, so basically, I'm going to play one song from each of those countries, and then we'll, we'll move on to the next subtopic. Um, so this first song, I actually have no idea um, what they're saying. I, 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 I couldn't fully figure out what language it was. Um, and the the al- the album itself is completely um yeah unreadable to me but what i found this really interesting because it sounds like it's almost a western um group and then you start to hear their vocals and it's very much a part of that so i'm going to play the first song for you guys now and uh i hope you all enjoy and let's hope that i remember how to work this system um this is the first song from the gunesh album which was released in 1980 here it is.
So yeah, I I thought that would be a good way to to start off this full semester of uh, of jazz of the world because uh, that song's just super super interesting. Um, you know, you hear it and it sounds like a you know Western big band piece, uh, and and then you hear the vocals and then it sounds um, you know very much different from that. And then in in the solo, you get this really interesting. It's the saxophone solo uh, and. They're soloing over these, you know, very much, um, you know, Asian sounding, um, chords and, and these, these, um, kind of, uh, these like, um, scales that are very much rooted in the traditional, um, music of, you know, Central Asia. Um, while it's like a funk jazz piece going on. And it's, so it's a really interesting, um, dynamic going on there. And, and that's why I wanted to start off the semester. Um, cause I, I thought that was a really, it was just a really good song. Um, so again, that was, um, Ganesh. Um, they're a, a group from Turkmenistan. Um, and then basically, again, so that would be, I think that's probably going to be next week. And then each week I'm going to focus on a different, you know, Central Asian country. Uh, so after that, we're going to move to Kazakhstan and, and Kazakhstan and Almighty, there was actually a really, really big, um, you know, jazz scene going on all throughout the 1980s. Um, uh, kind of spearheaded by, um, this drummer, the, the leader of this group, um, the Boomerang Jazz Ensemble. So we're going to listen to one of the most famous tunes from the Boomerang Jazz Ensemble, um, which is this, um, Kazakh, uh, jazz group, um, who this album was released in 1985, uh, and it was led by, uh, Takir. Ibragahimov, and I probably butchered that name pronunciation. Um, but uh, we're gonna listen to a couple minutes of that their song "Boomerang" from their album "Ornament." But they are the Boomerang Jazz Ensemble. Hope that makes sense. Uh, I also wanted to take this second to um, thank uh, Liv for a very kind message that she said, uh, that Liv sent me. I appreciated that, and I think Maya and Paloma are listening to this radio show uh, while they're doing pottery in the pottery studio. Uh, so. If you are listening, uh, thank you. Shoot me a text. I really do appreciate it. Uh, this is the Boomerang Jazz Ensemble. The song Boomerang from their album Ornament. I think. Maybe. It's some mix of the two. Here's a couple minutes of this.
So yeah, that's uh, that's the Boomerang Jazz uh, Jazz Band or the Jazz Ensemble, um, and so that album came out in 1985. And and the reason I, I that's probably the most tame uh, song on the album, um, but I wanted to save some of the uh, other songs for the album that the uh, week that we're going to do on um, jazz from Kazakhstan um, because they're a really interesting group. They play this. That, I mean, that song sounded pretty pretty straight ahead, um, but they play some really, really interesting fusion um, of uh, how they described it as Caucasian, Asian, uh, folk, cultural roots, um, all adding up to like this crazy, really unique style. Um, and so all of the other songs on the album um, have different cultural so that's one that was you know inspired by you know traditional kazakh music um but all the other songs on their album have different inspirations um and so like one of them is inspired from turkey um one of them they have an indian scimitar playing uh another one of the songs uh is um uh it's the song is called minaret which is like this type of like um kind of the tower almost of a mosque uh and so that much is is very much inspired by like middle eastern music um so they they do their own fusion in kazakhstan with other types of music and so they're a really interesting group to explore i'm going to play a bunch of other songs from them uh, on the show later um and yeah and almighty in kazakhstan had a really big jazz scene um there were a couple festivals put together by um this band leader um uh, Ibrahimov, I'm definitely butchering that, um, but he put together a bunch of really interesting festivals that kind of brought jazz to Kazakhstan, um, even in the 1980s, uh, when they were under the Soviet Union, you know, somewhat. All right. And so now, uh, I can't go over my time anymore, which is kind of sad. Um, but, um, so I have to keep it tight. I have to keep it going. And we're going to take a look at uh, music from Uzbekistan. And so this is from the Sato Jazz Ensemble from their Esfan album. Uh, I could find actually no, really no information about this group. Um, but um, their their album was recommended. Uh, it's like one of the most essential um, albums coming out of Uzbekistan. Uh, and so this is uh, the Sato Jazz Ensemble released in uh, 1986. Um, the song name is in um, acrylic, so I, I, I couldn't tell you what it was, but it is the uh, third song on the A side of the record um, of the Sato Jazz Ensemble's Esafin album, 1986, track three on the A side. Here it is. Thank you. 
So, <laughs> yeah, that uh, that song is so fun because there's so much going on. Uh, the accordion solo, that crazy synthesizer solo. Uh, I, it's just it's just really fun. Um, and so Nora, who is generously loaning, this is a really good segue. This that was the the final song of our little unit in uh, Central Asia during the Soviet Union um, reign. Um, uh, and so Nora is graciously, of course, um, letting letting me use her laptop to record these episodes. Um, so I'd like to shout Nora out, but I'd also like to shout out um, something that she just uh, did on her own uh, was that she she went onto um, their Discogs or, or whatever it is and, and discovered that this um, this song it translates to "by the neck," pronounced uh, "boyana" or "boyna." Um, so "by the neck." released in 1986 still while the Soviet Union is in power uh, something interesting to think about um, I don't know the context but maybe there's something there um, I'm also realizing now that um, some of these songs might be a little bit more obscure to find so um, of course I do record these episodes they will be posted um, you know on wherever you listen to podcasts shortly um, but uh, if you want to listen to the songs themselves uh, or explore more of it. Uh, I'm thinking of putting together a YouTube playlist for each episode, um, and I can do that in the next couple of days. Get that posted wherever it is. Uh, if you're really interested, I'll put it together. Um, and yeah, I really appreciate those of you who who are listening. Um, thank you. It means a lot. Um, okay, so moving forward, uh, again, you know, following the program, I'm basically going to spend three weeks on each each country um, in a different kind of centralized part so first three weeks are going to be on central asia during the soviet union uh the next three weeks i didn't play any i didn't really explore any countries uh in sort of your western europe um and i know some people might say oh well western europe you know come on like that's just more you know white people playing you know music playing jazz uh and somewhat yeah there is there is a point but you do have a point there but there is also some really interesting stuff to explore um and you know there there's some really interesting things that come together um almost in this fusion of, of elements and so i want to first take a look at um some jazz that came out in the 60s and 70s in germany um so the berlin wall is still very much there still very much a part of the culture uh and jazz was you know banned in germany in 1935 um while the nazis were in power um you know the nazis feared jazz it it, it jazz of course is kind of this music of freedom uh and tyrannical and oppressive regimes aren't typically fans of the kind of cultural freedom that uh jazz brings uh so but 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 jazz was incredibly incredibly popular in germany in the pre-war period uh all they're getting all their tunes from Tin Pan Alley. There's some big bands coming together, playing some stuff, playing American charts, uh, and especially you know after World War One, uh, Germany is pretty much you know ruined, um, and a lot of people find solace in jazz. Um, so it's there, um, but it gets really crazy in the '60s and '70s. And so I discovered this album uh, a couple weeks ago, and I knew I had to play something from it. Uh, this album is called Puppet Jazz, Rare Jazz, Funk, and Soul Instrumentals from West Germany in 60s and 70s Music. Uh, and it's a really, really great, it's a crazy album. There's some crazy stuff. Um, I'm going to play some more of it uh, on the episode that we do in Germany. Um, but the, uh, the song that I want to play from this is um, by... Uh, Ambrosilos, uh, who is a uh, German uh, saxophonist. Let me check this real quick. I'm pretty sure. Oh, he did it all. Uh, composer, singer, arranger, conductor. Uh, he played in a big band. There's a picture of him playing the trombone. Looks like he plays multiple instruments. No, he is a saxophonist. He was just playing that trombone in a, in a picture. Way to trick me up. Um, and so this song is really fun. It's really exciting. It's called Brass Glitter. Uh, so this is the third track on the album. Again, I'll, I'll post it. Uh, but yeah, here, this is Brass Glitter by Ambrose Silos um, from the album Puppet Jazz, Rare Jazz, Funk, and Soul Instrumentals from West Germany in 60s and 70s music. Here it is.
yeah, that song is just so funky. It's so fun. And, and uh, well, <laughs> I mean, that's that's not even the best of it. Uh, that album is just incredible. Um, there's some really great stuff going on. Um, and I, I want to shout out um, Amela, who texted me that she was listening um, for the inspiration for this episode and also uh, Margo for the inspiration on uh, German jazz. Um, I would not have uh, done the episode without thinking about you guys. Um, uh, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's really fun stuff. Um, I also want to thank... Uh, Katie, Nora for listening. Uh, I guess my parents, yeah, my mom was listening, getting an Austin Powers vibe from that last song. Uh, Kendall and Will and Javi. I think if you guys are listening, I appreciate that. Um, uh, but yeah, that song's really fun. Saxophone is great. The uh, guitar, that guitar, oh God, the keyboard, the synth solo is really fun. Um, so there's some really funky stuff going on there. Um, and yeah, I mean, that kind of leads directly into the the kind of next week that was uh, French uh, that was a uh, German jazz. Well, French jazz is much just if not you know much bigger than uh, German jazz. French jazz was really 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 big. A lot of American expats went to France. They went to Paris. I mean, like uh, jazz was really you know if New Orleans was the capital of uh, jazz in America, Paris is the capital of jazz in Europe. Uh, there was so much jazz going on in Paris. Um, and there's so many different subtypes of jazz. Um, I'm actually really excited for this episode uh, because I'm going to have a good friend, Sam, who is both uh, speaks French, um, but also plays the fiddle. Uh, he's a fiddle player in a new group that I'm putting together. Really excited about that. And he's going to be on the show. And, you know, we're going to take a look at... Um, you know, Django Reinhardt is kind of synonymous with French jazz. Um, so we're going to look at some of the stuff that he does, what makes it so special. Um, um, the, um, you know, jazz minouche, uh, that whole subgenre that Django Reinhardt starts, formerly known as gypsy, gypsy jazz, but that's not really the term that people like to use for it. Uh, kind of the new academic term has become jazz minouche. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. Um, but that, that name came later, but, uh, yeah. Uh, Django Reinhardt, um, really synonymous with, um, French jazz. He was a rhythm guitar player. Um, and, you know, he was active, you know, through the, uh, 20s, 30s, 40s. Uh, lost a couple of his fingers and still played the hell out of his guitar. Really, really, really one of the most talented guitarists of all time. And he, and he kind of pioneered this uh, new style of music, um, new style of jazz with, uh, you know, pretty much either guitars or violins, uh, basses, pretty much all string instruments. Um, and, you know, his, his quintet, the Quintet du Hot Club de France, uh, was really big. And so... Uh, I'm going to play the tune, one of his most famous famous tunes. It's called uh, Minor Swing. Um, this recording is from the one uh, from 1937 in which, um, yeah, it's from his 19, um, 1937 album uh, of the same name, Minor Swing. This is probably one of, if not his most famous pieces. And it's very different from a lot of the other music that we've been playing, but it's really, really good. Um, and... Yeah, uh, I'm going to put this... Yeah, um, also quickly shout out Ivy for listening and Julian Julian and Ivy for, for listening. So appreciate you all. Uh, this is Django Reinhardt's Minor Swing. Please enjoy.
Oh, yeah, indeed. Um, so very different. Uh, now I'm realizing kind of the uh, juxtaposition of the two songs uh, <laughs> from the German funk to uh, jazz manouche. But um, that's Django Reinhardt right there. And I, I want to spend more time on it. I, um, But I know we're running out of time, but I just want to you know point out two things quickly i mean the violin solo is just so so good um incredible incredible you know technique and it's just the notes are all placed in exactly where they need to be uh, you know it's just it's just it's just talent um but that's kind of not yeah you know, that's not what i want to point the most attention to i want to point to the swing so the song is called minor swing um but there's you know it's really just stringed instruments and uh like the fact um i don't know like i was tapping my feet along the whole time it's just so driving the rhythm and it's just it's so almost you know like and i know it doesn't sound fresh but the rhythm is really fresh and the fact that this was recorded in in 1937 and it's swinging this hard it just keeps going and it's super super exciting to listen to um so I hope you share my enthusiasm for that. Um, don't worry, in the French episode, we will play more contemporary music, but Django Reinhardt is pretty much uh, the goat. Um, so there's one more one more country we're going to look at in our three-week section on um, European jazz, uh, and that's the music um, of Copenhagen, 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 uh, where Kenyans sent their over-enrolled students. Um, but uh, jazz was pretty big in Copenhagen for a long time, um, there's some really, really interesting, weird, avant-garde, crazy, fun, funky stuff coming out of this place. Um, biggest jazz uh, kind of release in Copenhagen is when Sam Wooding tours the country in, uh, I think it's 1925, the same year that he is the first American or one of the first Americans to play jazz uh, in Russia. Um, so another interesting little parallel there uh, keeps coming back to uh, to Russia. Uh, Sam Wooding plays, um, but in the 1960s, um, Copenhagen um, opens this really really big club, uh, Jazz House Montmartre. I I butchered that, but it, it you know was made to recreate the uh, kind of jazz club atmospheres of Paris and in New York City, um, and it became you know this major venue not only for Danish musicians but for uh, many American or other. Um, other cats so you know stan getz moves to copenhagen oscar pettiford moves to copenhagen dexter gordon um uh thad jones moves and moves to copenhagen so you have all of these really really talented players um leaving america and going and moving and playing in uh in denmark um so there's some really interesting stuff there but i i want to take a look uh at this crazy album this crazy song uh, this, the uh, album is called Baghdad Dagblad, um, and it is by uh, Emile De Wall, who is this another drummer. So, uh, kind of a really interesting emphasis on uh, you know drummer band leaders in this epi uh, episode. Um, he plays this really really interesting tune, um, super fun, super funky, super avant garde. And uh, this song was released in 1991, um, but in the episode Copenhagen will. Oh, excuse my congestion. Take a look back and see the uh, direct influences happening at the same time that all these American musicians are having uh, in, in Copenhagen. Um, so here, this is the song Europa from the uh, album Baghdad Dag Blad, which was released 1991. Uh, yeah, 1991. Um, here's the song.
There's the tune. Uh, so much going on there. The whole album is crazy. Uh, I'll get that link posted up eventually. Uh, it's definitely, definitely, definitely worth listening to. And that closes the uh, three weeks that we're going to spend on European styles of uh, jazz and, and European jazz musicians. Um, also, I think I missed a my, text from Milo and Ella Dmac. So thank you guys for listening. Appreciate you. Um, and so um, after this, I realize now I only have nine minutes. Uh, I think I'm pretty used to not having a slot after me. Uh, so I'm going to have to get used to that and uh, cut down on things that I prepare. Um, but basically, um, the last three weeks of the semester will be focused on South, uh, South America, uh, and we're going to take a look at Brazil, which I haven't done yet purposefully because it's going to be a really, really exciting week. Uh, Brazil, uh, bossa nova. I mean, it, you know, it doesn't get better than that. It's really exciting. Um, fun music to listen to. Um, samba style, um, festival, festejo. Um, I did an episode that was one of my favorite episodes with, um, Maya last semester on Uruguayan jazz. Um, there'll be a little bit of overlap, but, but there's some really, really fresh stuff coming out of Brazil. Um, and then there's Argentinian jazz, which is really, really good. Um, 
you know, tango originates in Buenos Aires. So you have that. You have all of the foundations of tango, the waltz, all these really, really, you know, exciting dance music in the, um, you know, very, very early 20th century um, turning into that. Uh, and then last thing will be the uh, Peruvian jazz. Um, and so the Peruvian jazz is really exciting. Um, and so I'm going to just play one last song. I, w I had a song prepared from Brazil and from Argentina, but uh, for sake of time, won't be able to play it. Uh, and so the last song I'm going to play for you all today um, is a very recent song. And so um, from... Um, Peru and so jazz in Peru has been around for a long time. Um, they have their own distinct kind of style of called Afro-Peruvian music, uh, and this really comes from their usage of specific percussion instruments. So you have the cajon, which is like this wooden box. Um, it's been adapted by a lot of Latin bands, so you hear it in a lot of like Latin style jazz music. There's the and I'm probably again butchering the pronunciation, the cajita, uh, which is like this little box that you can kind of hit in all these surfaces. There's like all these openings, uh, and then there's the cuadea uh, de burro, uh, where they actually use a, a real donkey's jaw uh, and they scratch it with a stick to make this kind of scratchy sound. And so the song that I'm going to play just came out a, a couple of years ago. This is uh, ritmo. Uh, Color y Sabor by the Afro-Peruvian Jazz Orchestra, uh, which is this big, massive 20-piece jazz ensemble that specializes in Afro-Peruvian music. Um, they're really, really good. Wish I had time to play you the last couple songs, but I'm really excited to leave you on this last one. Uh, it's a long song, so we're not going to hear, we're not going to be able to hear, you know, the end of it. Uh, we might be able to hear the end of it, but, um, yeah. This is Ritmo, Color y Sabor by the Afro-Peruvian Jazz Orchestra. Here it is.
I uh, I hate to cut that uh, song off there. That was a uh, ritmo color y sabor by the Afro Peruvian Jazz Orchestra. Um, again, massive twenty piece jazz orchestra um, coming out of Peru. Very new. Um, Really, really interesting group, um, Fesejo, Mariana, and kind of all of these, um, you know, really interesting rhythms. Um, and yeah, so, uh, this is the end uh, of the first show of the semester. I appreciate you all for, uh, listening. Uh, I'll get the recording posted sometime in the next week. Um, and I'll put together, since, uh, you guys were asking about what songs they were and I couldn't tell you because they weren't in English, uh, I will put together, like, one of the, like, some playlist that has them either on YouTube or on Spotify, uh, with all the songs I played. And, um, yeah, um, appreciate you all for listening. Have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. Uh, and stay rad. And I, let me get the overnight bump. And, yeah, have a good one. Bye bye.